Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like you. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar. Get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Hey everybody, this is episode 122 of Switchcraft. I don't have time to record an episode today. However, luckily for me, I was joined by Zap DC. He's a good friend of mine and a Twitch streamer, so make sure that you check out his channel. Um, and we talked about like our favorite games this year and our predictions for next year. And we did this, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago. It might have been one week ago. I can't remember. Everything's a blur. Um, but that is the episode that you're getting today. Um, thank you guys for listening. And it's a little longer than you're used to, I'm sure. But uh, we had a good conversation and a lot of fun doing it. So uh, here is the episode next week on Tuesday. I'll pick up right where we left off with 123 and doing the normal news stuff. But uh, thank you so much and uh, enjoy. <laughs> Inner Zen Zap. Uh, <laughs> I like the alliteration. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's let's get started, man. So yeah, let's do it. For those of you that don't know, uh, Zap and I did a podcast. It was called Run Jump Stomp for a long time, and then uh, I started other another podcast on. Uh, my website uh, all about Nintendo called Switchcraft. And I said, well, you know, I don't know that we should, you know, having multiple shows on there, I I, I think maybe Run, Jump, Stomp could just be the website and we'll have different shows. And then we, we changed the name of the show to, I've forgotten now. What the hell was it? We Play Games. We, we play, play Games. games. We Play yeah. Games. We did that for a little while, but between what Zap had going on and what I had going on, we just didn't have time for it uh, to keep doing the show because it took a lot of planning to do uh, a show every week and we we had a lot of trouble nailing down specific times and it's you know it's much easier for me to just do a, a solo show because I don't have to worry about anybody else's schedule uh, so that made things so much easier on the on the switchcraft side but you know zap and I for a long time we sit down and have a chat every single week about video games and so that's what we're doing today and uh, we're gonna talk about uh, basically two things today our favorite games this year and our predictions and hopes for next year uh so if you don't already follow zap zap tell people where they can find your stuff uh you can find you are breaking up slightly run i will say that on my end i don't know if it's if that's going to affect the recording oh okay um, um but well, now and again you can't, chat can't will let us you. know i guess okay yeah if chat lets us know then we know there's an issue Ooh, hang on a minute i've lost the monitor oh it's back again you turned the christmas lights off and a, and a monitor went out <laughs> Wow, what was that about? <laughs> no, 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 it's don't, no, don't, don't, don't touch anything. Monitors are on. Okay, cool. Right. So basically, you can find me um, on uh, twitch.tv slash zapdc, uh, that is Z A P D C E D, over on Twitch. Uh, YouTube is the same, Twitter is the same. It's all the same place. Um, Z A P D C E D 
is where you can find me. All right. So let's let's start off with our we, we each picked five games to be our game of the year or our favorite game this year. It doesn't have to be it it's not necessarily um the that we think it's the best game this it's our favorite games uh this year. Yeah. So uh, why don't you start us off with your number five? My number five, um and now everyone in chat will call me a hypocrite for this one. Uh, and it's not my this is not my game of the year. My number one is my my personal game of the year, but this is in my top five because it's it's one of the games this year I've had my most fun and enjoyment with. And some of my laugh out moments, some of my oh my god moments, um, and that is Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. That game has been insane. If if anybody doesn't know, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds takes the battle royale system that you've seen in previous games. Uh, like DayZ um, and H1Z1, and they kind of upped it like to ten. And uh, the guy who goes by the name of Player Unknowns, he he worked on previous titles like H1Z1, DayZ mod, um, all these different games. And he basically went right, okay, I think I can make my own one, and he did. And he made Player Unknowns background. And this this game is obviously done in the Unreal Engine four. It's technically in early. Um, it's still in early access. Is why I would never class this as a game that was able to win um, a game of the year award because it's officially not released but on pure grounds of how much fun that i've had in this game this game has been incredible i think i've got clocked so far this year nearly 500 hours in player unknowns wow yeah it's just great it's great to come home from work and just drop into a game and just be killed or kill and it has that 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 essential in any great game like this, you need that. Oh, just one more turn, just one more turn, and it has that. Yes, all right. For about twenty minutes of the game, you're 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 looting, and it comes down to like the final five or ten minutes. But it's intense. There's there's barely any sounds. You're walking around, and you and you've done something really clever with the sound. So if you hear gunfire on in your right headphone, the, the person is on your right hand side. If you hear it on your left left headphone, it'll be um, on your your left hand side. If you hear it from, and they've basically done sound as kind of as realistic as possible, where you know if you were in a field and someone shot you from the right, you'd hear it on the right hand side first. And they work with like um, how a bullet would fire and how it would sound when it if it broke the speed of sound and things like that. So there's a lot of kind of tactical play to it, but essentially the game is great fun. And if you haven't played this and you are looking for a, for a hoot and you don't have a powerful enough PC, on the 20th of December is officially releasing on Xbox One. Uh, so Xbox players can go out. It's I think it's a timed exclusive. They say it's exclusive, but there are rumors and reports that it's a timed exclusive. So PS4 next year probably get it. The Xbox One, uh, 20th December, and officially releases out of early access on the 20th of December as well. And this game is pretty much probably one of the most popular games this year. It's the one of the most viewed on Twitch. Um, it's um, I think it broke records, unbelievable records this year. I haven't played it myself, um, but the like that whole genre has yeah. really kind of blown up. And yes. for me, the first one that I had heard of was was PUBG. Like I had never heard of that style of game, which is basically Hunger Games. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. I haven't yeah. really heard of that before uh, until PUBG came out. And it's funny that that's your fifth uh, game because my number five game is Fortnite. And oh, right, really? <clears throat> yeah, when Fortnite came out, you know, and, and it's I mean, it just came out, but I've been playing it for a, a, a couple months uh, off and on and probably since August. And yep. when when I first picked it up, you know, I was just playing the the regular mode and I thought, well, this is a pretty cool 
game. I like it, but, you know, it's it's really not completely grabbing my attention. And then they did the Battle Royale, which they basically stole the, the gameplay from PUBG. And um, I've been playing a lot of Fortnite on, on my PS4. And my son's been playing it as well. And we have a lot of fun with that game. And you're exactly right. Um, the sound is very important in this style of game. And I think I haven't played PUBG myself, but I think Fortnite uh, nails it just like you do. It's best to play that kind of game with headphones so you can tell where are the enemy players from. And it's filled with a lot of these. Now, it's filled with a lot of moments where you are scared that you're going to get found. And um, there's also a lot of dead, like, time when it's just dead and nothing is happening you're just running from place to place but the whole time that you're running from one location to the next because you're not inside because you are exposed you have this fear this adrenaline and you're like okay i gotta get to that building before somebody sees me you know you're constantly your head is on a swivel and i think that Fortnite and and the, the the big difference between PUBG and Fortnite is Fortnite has this um the ability for you to build things while you're going. So if there's a hill in front of you and you want to go up that hill, you can make like a, you can build like a ramp out of the stuff that you've destroyed and climb up to the top of that hill. Um, It's really fun. And I highly recommend if, if you haven't played um, Fortnite or PUBG, um, I would definitely recommend you check out a game like that because you're going to have a lot of fun. I, I really liked uh, that and it's funny that we both picked that style of game as our number five. Um, have you tried the new fifty fifty mode? Uh, you know what? I tried it a little bit this morning. Um, yeah. For those of you that don't know, uh, Fortnite has uh, it's a, for some reason temporary fifty fifty mode. They yeah. announced it at the Game Awards, and basically it, you are then on two teams, and you just have to. Um, you know, whoever, whichever team kills all of the other team wins, which is cool. But I really think that the game will, when you're on teams of 50, it's just too much. Um, But I feel like the game would really shine when you're in teams of two or three. I think it's much more fun that way. Um, I've played a couple of the, of the matches where I've been, you know, queued up with somebody, but the game wasn't, uh, you know, Fortnite was not available to everyone uh, until I think it was like two weeks ago or something like that. And so, um, like now that it's available to everyone, I've got my son on account and he and I are going to sit down and we're going to play duo mode and we'll probably have a lot of fun with that. Um, what did you think of the 50 50? I quite liked it, but it needed a bit of work. Um, it'd be nice to be 50 50, but then put in smaller squads. Well, yeah, you are in small squads. Uh, yeah, I know you, but it needs to be kind of, uh, I think, like you say, duo squads or something like that. Even though it too, you kind of feel like you're making a big di- a, a difference in a, in, a big ba- in a big scale battle. Um, I'm also a little bit annoyed that it's only a short period. I think they, unless they're just testing the war for something in the future, but, you know, generally 50, uh, the fifteen fifty mode is good. And I think it's quite a nice spin on the Battle Royale. But I agree with you that they're, you know, it's too big a kind of, uh, you know, small squads in that kind of big 50-50, I think, but really a smaller squad than they've, they've got. But I, I wonder if they're testing the water for something because it does seem that that, that kind of way. But uh, overall, you know, Fortnite's are very good, especially if you can't, you, you can't, haven't got a PC powerful enough to play Player Unknowns because Player, Player Unknowns is, is one of the worst optimized games of 2018. It's horrendous. Um, and 
and this is no, and I'm not even joking about PUBG. To run it how I run it, I had to actually go out and build a second PC. <laughs> that's 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 how, but like you know that that's how bad it is at optimization when streaming it. Not when just I can play it normally, but when streaming it, it, it needed to get it at a decent frame rate and stable and everything else. A, a second PC actually improved the game immensely. Right, but you know. As you said, I, I will reiterate, reiterate that fact. Go out and try Fortnite, PUBG, because they're great games. Awesome. Um, you went first, so I'm going to do my number four pick uh, first this it. time. Uh, I picked Cuphead as my number four favorite game this year. Um, if you don't know what Cuphead is, it is a side-scrolling bullet hell shooter uh, where you are uh, essentially Mickey Mouse, uh, just not without infringing on copyrights. Uh, But you are essentially, you know, early Mickey Mouse, and the game has some of the best art direction uh, that I've ever seen in a game. It's absolutely fantastic, and it's really, really fun. Um, My son and I, like, I played probably about halfway through the game, I think, on my own, and then my son joined me for a little bit of it, and we we had a lot of fun with it, too. Um, You know, the only problem is getting two controllers to communicate with a PC sometimes is a real hassle, Uh, but, but overall, once we got past the technical hurdles of not playing on a console, uh, we had a lot of fun with Cuphead, and I really enjoyed it. And if you haven't tried it out, definitely try it out. But keep in mind, the game is very, very punishing, and you're going to die a lot, and you have to be okay with that. Um, What's your number four? My number four is... um, I had it written down here. Two seconds. Uh, Oh, there it is. Uh, My number four is uh, something I picked up when we were on holiday um, in Fujiventura. Uh, which is a lovely island near Spain, if anybody wanted to know. Um, and, oh, hello. So anyway, my number four is Sonic Mania. That's my number four from this, this year. Uh, generally, uh, I had a lot of fun with Sonic Mania. That has been an absolute beautiful blast of nostalgia, a real, real boot of nostalgia. And then what really honed in that fact is that Run Jump held on his Discord a, few, a, a time trial competition. Um, we all try to go as fast as we can on uh, Green Hill Zone 1. Yeah, the very first level. It was just mental. I think we got down to something like under 30 seconds or we were 30 seconds. It was just mad how fast you could get. But it, it kind of brought in this this new aspect that I'm going to uh, try in 2018, which is to dedicate some time to try and speed run it. Uh, but that itself kind of honed in that fact that not only is Sonic Mania a great game, but you've got a group of us together just racing each other through through the power of the internet, through one game, through you know nostalgia build and wanting to just out build beat each other by split seconds. You know, and that's a really, really good game. Um, and if you haven't played it, it's on all platforms, I believe. Um, and this is not to be compu- confused with the other Sonic title that released <laughs> this year, which I think you described as hot garbage run jump. On a stick, that, that hot garbage on a stick. That's correct. Yeah, you, you described it as hot garbage on a stick. <laughs> that's Sonic Forces. That doesn't even enter this top list. Sonic Mania is a game for the fans of Sonic. It really is. It makes you, It as soon as you boot it up, on any console and you hear the music you instantly go back to playing on the sega um you know and and it works really well on on this this little handheld device here it works really 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 well 
Um, so yeah, Sonic Mania is my number four. I can't believe I forgot about Sonic Mania. That game, oh. I had so much fun playing that game. And I will say this, in January, uh, make sure that you pay attention to the Discord. I'm going to have a time trial in the Discord for a new Sonic Mania level. And uh, we're going to have a little race, and we'll probably be some kind of uh, some kind of prize for someone who wins. All I right. Did, I, did, I did check out the times. I think I'm still in the top 200. Nice. That's awesome, dude. Uh, hit hit, hit us with someone. your... Wait, say that again. I got beat by someone. I think it was Link. I think Link beat me. Link yeah, did. Link yes, did. Yeah. Uh, hit us with your number three. My number three. Now, this is going to be a shock because um, if you ever caught our show earlier in the year, you heard me brag on this game quite hard because it wouldn't run properly. But later part of this year, I actually got it running really well. Again, thanks to two computers. I managed to finally get down, sit down and play near auto, near auto, or near automata, <laughs> or near a tomato. And in January, I, I plan to start streaming this game because I want to share the experience that I had. This game is like this game blew my mind when I sat down and played it. It looks, it's, it's beautiful. It's got amazing, amazing music. Uh, you know, Platinum Games have made such an amazing game. It's just a shame that the PC version was literally left dead by Square Enix. Now, I don't normally say bad things about Square because they're like one of my favorite publishers out there. But in this case, uh, you know, they published the game um, and it was it was handled poorly on PC. People with NVIDIA cards uh, were complaining of bugs. There was dodgy resolutions. You had to download a mod from someone in the community to make it run at 19, 20, 10, 80. I mean, it was things as basic as that. But once I finally sat down and played it, I, I sunk some time into it. I can't recommend this game enough. This game is unbelievable. If you have a PS4 or PS4 Pro, go buy it on there because it will work flawlessly. Um, the RPG elements are amazing. As I said, the narrative is wonderful. I can't praise enough, but the only reason it's not higher up in the list is because of the problems it had earlier this year and the way it was handled. It left a really, and, and like I said, anybody who listens to the show or anybody who knows me knows how how frustrating that game was. I mean, at one point, it made my RAM run 100%. It was killing my <laughs> PC. It was literally like melting my computer. Anybody who knows me, I know I have def- technical difficulties. I don't need a game to give me more technical difficulties. So, yeah, that's my number three. Near Automata, Near a Tomato, however you want to pronounce it, is an amazing game. Go play it. All right. Uh, my third game is actually probably going to be a surprise to a lot of people because at the beginning of the year, um, right after Zelda came out, I tried playing this game and I was very unhappy with it. And it's Horizon Zero Dawn, and I've completely changed my tune. Uh, half I, like it, it I, this game needed some space from Zelda, and I haven't finished uh, finished Horizon Zero Dawn yet, but I have absolutely loved. Like since I've started over in the last uh, month or so, uh, I've had so much fun playing that game. And I really love the world that um, they have created for this game. It's really, really fun. And there's some things in the game that I feel like they didn't do a very good job teaching me that first time around. And I was able to figure them out the second time around. And it really changed things up. Uh, And it's an open world game. You are a girl with a bow and you've got to shoot you you've got to fight robot dinosaurs and it's the most ridiculous thing but it's so fun and it is a wonderful wonderful world to inhabit 
Uh, I had so much fun playing Horizon Zero Dawn. If you haven't played it, you absolutely should. Also, it might be the most gorgeous game I've ever seen. It's beautiful. Mm, it's very good. All right. So, number two. I'm going to yeah, start us off two. with number two. What's that? New number two. Yeah, I'm going to start off with number two. My number two game is Mario Odyssey. I love Mario Odyssey. It is so, so very good. It's, uh, again, it's a gorgeous game. Uh, and, you know, if you're listening to this show, you already know how I feel about this game. But it is an amazing feat of gameplay design. The moves that Mario has uh, for in order to traverse these levels are designed in such a way that the game is incredibly accessible while at the same time having a very high skill cap uh, and or a skill ceiling, I guess. And I have had a, a whole lot of fun playing Mario Odyssey. Again, I'm not done with it. I finished the story part, but I still have hundreds of moons to find. And I feel like it's going to be one of these games, along with Horizon Zero Dawn, it's going to be one of these games that I am going to be playing for the whole year. Uh, I'm going to keep playing it for the whole year. All right, Zap, what's your number two, sir? Number two, I'm, I, this is completely left field and it's going to surprise a few of you, maybe not some of you. My number two comes out of, it's it's on Nintendo, but it was done by Ubisoft and it's Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle. That game swept me off my feet with its charm, its characteristics, its color, how Ubisoft took what is Nintendo's, you know, golden boy as in Mario, and did something amazing with it. Nintendo, you know, allowed Ubisoft to go out and, and do this with their IP, but their their one condition was to make a game not that, that you know, that wasn't Mario. And they made it. They did it. And for me, this trumps a lot of games that come out this year because just because of, like, you know, Nintendo putting their trust in there to another publisher to do this. Uh, and when you saw it at, at e, I think it was E3, and seeing this unity between two publishers like Ubisoft and um, and Nintendo, it was wonderful. And when we finally got our hands on this game, there I was playing it, thinking, wow, this is just unbelievable, the way things are moving, the strategy involved. I know they're just bringing out a new mode now. You know, and all this great stuff, and Mario Kingdom Battle, it, for me beats a lot of games this year and and you know it will surprise a lot that i put this as my number two because there's been so many great games out there and one game you know in particular that i think stole a lot of people's heart and was a surprise was mario kingdom battle so that's my number two yeah that's a that's a fantastic game um the thing that you know in chat vaxxer says it's xcom for kids that's that's an apt point but at the same time if i had to choose between this and xcom I would choose Mario plus Rabbids every day of the week because the ability for you to move across the map so fast, it really makes for strategy to be like you have to think of everything that you could that, that could possibly happen. Uh, and the the like the move the move sets that the characters have where you can cross a map and completely go around somebody's defenses if they hadn't thought about what you're going to do. It really makes for a really, really fun, fun game. And I can't wait to yeah. play the multiplayer um mm. the patch that was released i think it was last week yeah i haven't, I haven't had a chance to even get around to it yet yeah all right let's hear your number one sir all right so i i can't wait to see chat's face because it's not what people think um <laughs> yes I, and i don't so let me let me explain how i came to this 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 point okay so my number one wasn't easy it was torn between two games two that i haven't mentioned yet and they're on the same platform sonic forces yeah, sonic forces yeah it's unbelievable <laughs> that's my number one 
done. Uh, drops the mic, walks off. No, Star Wars loot box. I mean, Battlefront. Uh, no, um, sorry. Uh, so basically, I came to this point because I had to sit down and work out what I enjoyed most. What I felt like I got a lot out of these games. I played near later in the year, and it and it and it made me joyous that I could play it, and it was a great experience. Mario Kingdom Battles, all great. When I sat down and looked at these two games and went, "What have I enjoyed more?" To be my number one, one outweighed it completely and outweighed it unbelievably. And my number one is Super Mario Odyssey, and that game has been one of the most incredible experiences I've had on an on a system. And I've got to thank you, Run Jump, for pushing me to get a switch for work you were working with you earlier this year hearing you go on about you know a switch and then me finally going out and getting one i managed to actually have a chance of playing this game in october and seeing my son play it my son plays it and he loves it mario odyssey as you've explained i know it's your number two and i have a funny feeling i know what your number one's going to be um so my number my number one game of the year my get my personal game of the year is is mario odyssey that doesn't take anything away from the other game um that i could have picked which was zelda breath of the wild which is again it's an incredible game but for me zelda just didn't it just didn't do it it's great i enjoyed my time with it but mario odyssey for me is just just it's just a better game for me and that's what gaming is at the end of the day it's a game you everyone finds different thing and mario odyssey it's just unbelievable as you said in yours uh, the colors are just colors explode and the movement the sounds and then being beaten by joel by a second in a time trial that i spent three <laughs> hours on a stream going start crazy trying to beat and I, I i struggled that night to decide what the stream chuck soup mario odyssey in found this power moon was like okay and then spent three hours doing the same time trial. Unbelievable. Mario Odyssey, for me, just unbelievable. That's my number one. All right. I'm pretty sure everybody knows exactly what I was going to pick for my number one. It is Zelda. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. I have I have 290 hours in Breath... In, or not 290. 190 hours in Breath of the Wild. Um, there's just so much there. The The... the the world is so perfectly crafted so that every time that you sit down to play and you have an objective in mind, you start making a grocery list of other objectives to do as you are moving along. And quite often, you never reach your original objective because you've found so many incredibly fun distractions as you move across Hyrule. The, the fact that Zelda was Nintendo's first open world game and it's they completely redefined it. They they redefined it so much that at the beginning of the year when I played Horizon Zero Dawn, I didn't like the game because it wasn't Zelda enough. Uh, I needed I needed to have some space away from Zelda in order to enjoy Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, the ability for you as the character to go wherever you want was so fun, and and playing through it. And getting not all of the shrines that I, I didn't get all of them, but finishing all of the divine beasts and then fighting the boss at the end. And then as soon as the summer DLC came out where it gave me the hard mode, I started playing again and I had even more fun that time around. It feels like a game that I could literally play forever. Uh, in fact, it's funny. I was looking through my friends list on the switch and I did have somebody on, I don't even, I don't know how this is possible, but I had somebody on the, on, on my friends list who had 700 hours 
in wow. Breath of the Wild. I mean, that's the only game that they had on their Switch, um, but they had 700 hours in it. And I was just like, this is the kind of game that you you could do 700 hours and not see everything. Because there's... I, I loaded up the, the Winter DLC, which came out a couple days ago. It came out as part of the Game Awards. I loaded it up today and I streamed uh, like three hours of it. And right at the very beginning of the DLC, I found a Korok seed that I never would have found if not for this DLC. Now, it's it's not part of the DLC. It just happens to be that the, the DLC made me go to a place and I was like, oh my God, if this was the last one that I was looking for, I would have lost my mind. Um, I would have lost my mind. Absolutely been furious if this had been the last one that I was looking for. But like, that's the kind of thing is every, every time that that I do anything in that game, I'm always like, Oh, look, a distraction. Here's another distraction. And it's just so well made. And the, the controls are, are fantastic. And I had a blast playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. So that's my number one game of the year. It's, uh, it's quite nice to see a slightly different list. Uh, you know, when we sat down and originally sort of said, we we're going to do this, it was, you, you could have thought to yourself, well, we might pick pretty much the same games, but it's quite nice to have a varied opinion on, on what, We've both taken away from gaming in 2007. Yeah. It's been an insane year for games. Uh, is there right to do a couple of honorable mentions? Sure. Uh, how about uh, we'll, we'll do one each? Yeah, an honorable mention goes to Ghost Recon Wildlands. At the time, Ubisoft was in a bit of, you know, having a hard time because they just kept copy and pasting the same sort of open world format. Format And Ghost Recon Wildlands was a little bit the same, but it was a bit of a breath of fresh air from, from Ubi. Um, and it's an honorable mention for me. It's a great game. If you haven't had a chance, it's got a great multiplayer mode. It's a really, really good game. Go out and give it a go. All right. And I guess my honorable mention, this is going to, there's going to be a lot of people who hate this star Wars battlefront two. I had an absolute, I have had so much fun playing that game and I can't wait to get the next story mode from, from that. I know that there's a lot of controversy over, uh, the microtransactions in the game. I haven't really run into that. Like I just play the game and then I earn enough credits to purchase the characters that I want. And I have a lot of fun playing it. And the multiplayer mode, I've sunk a lot of hours into that. And so is my son. I've had a lot of fun with it. And I know that it's not popular right now because EA took the fantastic game that DICE made and, you know, layered all of this garbage on top of it. And luckily... It they didn't do a very good job selling it because uh, people didn't buy it. They only they sold I think less than a million copies, uh, and they were expecting to sell like sixteen million or something like that. Yeah. Uh, So I had a lot of fun with it, and I can have fun with a game whether or not I have everything in it. And I know that that's not a popular opinion, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. No. I. I I mean, chat's laughing at me because they know my my feeling. And it's not that it's not a great game. Star Wars Battlefront is a beautifully gorgeous game. Uh, and the first one was. The first one was a bit of a tech demo. But, you know, this one was is an amazing achievement by DICE. Have made a beautiful game, but EA, EA did it, basically. And then they didn't learn from... I mean, if you had to give one of your, you know, your your loser sounds to, I think EA is the loser of 2017. You know, the, the, the Battlefront saga, then Need for Speed... Uh, then UFC, I played the UFC beta when it released, and no kidding, you know, there are people who thought Star Wars Battlefront was bad, but UFC has it so that you, you, all your fighters have certain moves in loot boxes, 
where a punch can literally be upgraded to a five-star punch via a loot box. So it's like, you know, EA never learn or they, they just don't, you know, they're not, they're not learning and it is harming them as a company. But Star Wars Battlefront 2, back to it, actually as a game made by DICE, shows how good DICE are and making games and making that kind of game. Um, so I'm glad you've had fun with it. I've had good times with it, but it always leaves a sour taste in my mouth. I feel like I need to go have a shower after playing it. All right, we are going to take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about 2018. Stick around, everybody. Will you be the one to witness the birth of the incredible Nintendo Entertainment System? The one to play with Rob, the extraordinary video robot, batteries not included. He helps you tackle even the toughest challenge. Will you be the first to raise the incredibly accurate Zapper and play games like Duck Hunt or action-packed Hogan's Alley and high-flying Kung Fu, each sold separately? Will you be the one to experience the Nintendo Entertainment System? Comes with Rob, Zapper, Control Deck, two controllers, Gyromite, and Duck Hunt. So that wraps up 2017. Let's talk about our our predictions and hopes for next year. Um, we each said that we would bring five of them, and I brought a few more than that. But where don't I don't have to use? <clears throat> excuse me, I don't have to use all of them. Um, I think you wait. Who did the? Yeah, I just went with Zelda. So it's your turn. Um, why don't you tell us one thing that you want to see happen, or that you predict to happen in 2018? Um. So only bring out a decent handheld? No, I'm joking. Um, so my, one of my big predictions is, or one a game that I think everyone should should really get a hold of is something called Rainbow Skies. Um, it's going to be completely underneath the, the carpet. It's a tactical RPG developed by um, I can't even think uh, e, East East Asia Soft, or however you pronounce it. They did a, um, a, um, a game a few years back that's on the Vita and the PlayStation Three, um, and Rainbow Skies comes to the PS3, the PS4 and the Vita. That's one of my predictions for next year is this is going to be a very good tactical RPG. And I've been following them closely um, in contact with the devs as well, because I think the game is going to be great. Um, really, really good. I pre-ordered my my copy, but I've pre-ordered it on the Vita um, because I want to be able to take it around with me. Um, and I hope they actually bring it over to the Switch, but I think they have a deal with PlayStation that, you know, it's going to be on there for a while. But that's one of my predictions for 2018. And one of my real big hopes is that this game is going to be good. Rainbow Sky. So if you if you don't know it, put it on your radar. If you own a PS4, a PS3, or a Vita, it's a great game. They're, then their first one's pretty cheap as well. It's like 10 or 12 pounds. Um, so it's it's well worth a pickup. So there you go. That's one of my, my, one of my predictions for 2018. It's funny that you joke about one of your predictions and my my the first one that I thought of is that Sony's going to make a Vita two. I think that you know Sony just said I think it was two weeks ago they said that they cannot just ignore the Switch and I think that Sony I mean it was predicted that they were going to bring it to E three last year and I said you know w- when that was um, rumored I said there's no way that that's going to happen because the Switch hasn't been around long enough to show sony that this is the right move and um you know sony just didn't bring one so i think that this year we might hear about a new portable from sony i don't think we'll hear about one from microsoft but i think that we're going to hear about one from sony and i think that's good for gaming in general because it'll make uh, more competition for nintendo to you know push their stuff forward a little bit too yeah, I mean, Nintendo pretty much reigned the handheld market, but 
my my theory i did think if it's pretty much the same as you but i kind of think it's a little bit senseless but i i think it'll be mad unless they learn from the mistakes of the vita the vita itself is an amazing console if you don't actually have one or i've never used one it's brilliant at what it does but its Achilles heel was Sony. Sony was its Achilles heel. That was always going to be its problem. Um, Sony didn't market it right. It, I mean, I did a, a, an episode on it uh, a few months back, but I had to cut can it because I, I just went on a complete rant, and that's unlike in a Zen Zap doesn't rant. He he talks. Um, so I mean, and it's things like the memory card, and I hope if they do it, Sony listen and learn. So yes, uh, we we'll wait and see. E3 is June. If you're right, um, I'll eat my hat. All right. Um, if I'm wrong, I won't eat a hat. Uh, let's hear your, your second uh, prediction. Um, my second prediction, game or hardware, um, I think, and this is a, a kind of a, we, we touched on it with Star Wars Battlefront. We may see the, like the legislations and stuff for the loot boxes, the gambling style loot boxes. Um, I think that uh, EA... Uh, and in 2018, really do kind of learn from their mistakes, and they pull them from games or just make them cosmetics. You know, uh, you know, in like games like Overwatch and stuff like that. And I think in 2018, we'll see less and less of these uh, egregious um, loot boxes, and hopefully, that's kind of something that happens. I, I genuinely do think that 2018, in that side of gaming, is going to be a better side to it than what we've seen in this back end of 2017. Uh, you ask many people, and what do they remember from gaming? Because it's been so meteorite, you know, it's in the media, popularized by all that kind of thing. They'll say the loot box kind of fiasco, but I, I generally, I've got hope. <laughs> Maybe I'm just being too hopeful. I've got hope in games companies that we will see kind of a, an end, not an end, because they've got to fund games, uh, but an end to the the ones where they, they lock content, as in, you know, game stuff behind um gambling style boxes so i i I have hope that's my one of my predictions for 2018 it's funny because my next prediction is that developers and publishers are going to continue to experiment with microtransactions (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you're the dark side of it all and there i am being hopeful yeah i guess well i mean the way i look at it is game prices have not kept up with inflation uh money keeps getting uh, the the amount of money that we keep paying for games, $60 is not what it used to be. And so no, of course. games also keep getting more and more expensive to make. They require more people uh, to be on staff to make the assets and the things that go into the game. They have to find a way to monetize this stuff somehow. So we're going to continue to see uh, developers and publishers experiment with microtransactions to try and see how hard they can push the players before they get pushed back. And, you know, uh, Star Wars Battlefront, they, you know, they, they got pretty heavy pushback. Uh, and all they said is, we're not going to do the microtransactions for now. That doesn't mean that they won't come back later. In fact, I think their COO uh, said that they're going to continue working on microtransactions because they have to or they can't afford to make the games that they make. And I, I, I totally get where they're coming from. I just hope that you're right and that they find a way to do it the right way. Um, yeah. Whereas some some, some people have found the right way to do things. Uh, developers like Psionics who make Rocket League, um, like that. That's the right way for me. Um, you know, I've talked to some people who don't even like the cosmetic stuff because it turns people into the haves and have-nots. What I would just prefer to see is 
no loot boxes, but feel free to have microtransactions where I can buy a skin to change what something looks like. But don't make it a gambling loot box. And I do agree with you that we'll probably see some kind of legislation proposed. I don't know if it'll be successful, but some kind of legislation proposed that'll say, um, you know what, and it doesn't even have to be legislation. It could just be the ESRB. Um, which yeah. that's the American version of, I, I don't think that you guys use the ESRB over there. Do you, you have no, your, your own use, rating board? Um, yeah, we have, a, we have a rating board. Right. I can't so my name is currently the, the various rating boards are what I think is going to happen is that they will say, if you have gambling in your game, it is going to be rated M. Yeah. And, and that would be really nice. But, and I think that would drive a lot of developers away from that, that monetization model. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree. I, I'm I'm being hopeful because of the way EA, the way it's kind of bit EA in the backside in this. And and I will say this, okay, and I will hold my hand up. I have bought into the EA loot box. I played Ultimate Team a hell of a lot uh, back in the, you know a few, two or three years ago. I really got caught up in box and buying packs. And I don't have a problem with like these the loot box random loot box in, in a free to play game like Hearthstone. At the end of that, I haven't shelled out any money for the game so okay fine then monetize it in whatever way you feel that you need to but with a, with a free-to-play game you know there's always going to be some kind of monetization behind it but the ea thing really did kind of leave a you know you know maybe it was just because it was star wars mainly you know don't mess with that that ip come on ea <laughs> you're, you're messing with star wars fans and some of them get pretty angry um so it's 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 going to be difficult because i think ea have gone too far um, and there was an update, actually, I believe the other day, that they, they, they may now not bring microtransactions back to Star Wars Battlefront 2 at all uh, in the same manner as what we've seen. Uh, so we could see a cosmetic-based microtransaction. Again, I'm fine with that. It doesn't bother me. I'm not one of these players that needs to have the shiny thing that you over there has. It doesn't actually bother me at all. Uh, what bothers me is, as we've said, when it is things that make someone more powerful, you know, or content locks behind these kind of um, microtransactions. There's no need for it uh, in that kind of sense. So that's uh, that's quite nice to hear. We're both kind of the opposite sides of the spectrum on that one. Yeah. All right. Um, or you went first twice. I'll, I'll go first now. Um, yeah. My next uh, prediction is that Nintendo is going to show off at least one new IP this year. So instead of just resting on their current intellectual property i think that they're going to bring out new stuff kind of like they did with splatoon kind of like they did with arms something Mm. brand new that nobody sees coming um for a long time everybody always said nintendo just puts out mario and zelda games and then in the past few years nintendo showed that they have really good um instincts when it comes to designing new intellectual property and uh i think that arms and splatoon i think they're going to have some company very soon yeah um I got prediction. My my prediction for game of the year next year won't be on the Nintendo platform. I think Sony will bring something out next year. Maybe that's the, the inner fanboy speaking, but I generally think that Sony have got a lot of IPs in the works for next year that have got a massive chance of taking the world by storm. Um, unfortunately, Xbox doesn't really... I, I can't see Xbox having too much on the horizon. And poor Xbox is a great system. I, I, I now own one. It's a, it's a fantastic console. But I think Sony are going to take the crown in some way, shape, or form. Probably not steal the show like Nintendo did this year. I mean, Nintendo ran away with it in 2017. They, they just one month after the next month after the next month, after, just literally bang, 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 bang. 
VR is another game. Oh, here's another. Game. I think there's going to be a game uh, that Sony bring out that I think will take the crown next year. I think it's going to be a runaway success of um, of from Sony from something. And you know, you have great great games coming out. Um, and there's one I'm going to talk about in a minute that really has kind of really sparked my interest. So that's my one of my predictions for next year. Sony are going to quite possibly take a crown for Game of the Year next year. Fair enough. Um, I think that next year we're going to get a Jurassic World VR game. <laughs> uh, I think that I think that that's almost a foregone conclusion. With uh, I th- I think that that would be really cool too. You've played some VR. Yeah. So it, anybody who so the reason I got to to go on about it again, but the reason I did the two PC things was to stream VR. I, I tried streaming uh, earlier this year, uh, Alien Isolation in VR, and we had a few problems that it, it wasn't smooth and all that kind of stuff. So we was, we set out the idea um, to build um, um, a new PC to run VR. We got it running fine, um, and then apparently I suffer from motion sickness, even if it's at the correct frame rate. It's unbelievable. I've done uh, a few VR streams now this year, and I can't wear the headset more than thirty minutes. It's it's unbelievable. I can't even wear it long enough to play early in isolation at a decent length of time because I want to experience it in VR. But at the same time, I don't think my chat wants to see me puke on. Actually, hang on a minute. Let me think who actually comes to my chat. Yeah, they would love to see me. I <laughs> know what they're like. But I personally wouldn't want to do that. I mean, and, you know, it was that that night when I streamed it off one computer where I realized that I needed it at a certain frame. I'm, I had alienization turn right down graphically. I had everything off and still I got this motion sickness. So, again, we built this computer and then I tried it again and I, I couldn't do it. So my, my Oculus Rift is now packed up. I've been reading uh, that they, the Vive is a better headset. And when I've gone to things like EGX, which is the biggest gaming convention here in the UK, um, I've always used a Vive um, headset, never got motion sickness. Hmm. So it could be a headset thing. Um, and I was talking to my dad. My dad originally, it was his Oculus. It's here. I'll show you chat. Oh, breaking stuff. There you go. That's the Oculus Rift that I have. It's, it's an amazing piece of kit. And VR is definitely on the way. 2018, I think, will be VR's year. But you've got to get the right headset. You've got to get the right headset. Um, and I'm going to try Vive in 2018. And if I can get the Vive sorted out, because the Vive also links well with Steam. You don't have to have any kind of backdoors. The Vive works perfectly with Steam, you see. So that's my take on VR. Yeah, I don't think that, that 2018 is going to be the year for VR because it's still too expensive. But I do think that we're going to see things like Jurassic World, um, things related to the big blockbuster movies that are coming out, you'll see a VR version of that. That doesn't mean it'll be good. It doesn't mean it'll be bad. But I just I think that it would be really cool to have like a quote unquote point and click adventure style game in the Jurassic World universe where you were wearing a headset and you can see like the dinosaurs walking over you and chasing you down. I think that'd be awesome. They have a Spider-Man Homecoming one on Oculus. I'm yet to to even try it because I think I will puke. I, you know what? I wouldn't try that one. Oh my god! No, thank you. Um, What's your next well, prediction? Um, I will still be confused, as confused as I am right now about Death Stranding in 2018. <laughs> you don't think it's coming out this year? Their next um, year? Kojima will do. Kojima will do as Kojima pleases, uh-huh. and I just sit there and pray that it does because i think that he has the internet at in his palm because people love kojima and i am one of those people i i adore his work i think he's a fantastic developer i think he's unbelievable um and he has a certain style that 
reaches out to me personally. I mean, if anybody doesn't know who Kojima is, he created, he was part of the team that created Metal Gear Solid. And Metal Gear Solid expand, it was an expanded universe that went over 30 years. And once you played all games, you understood how this universe entwined. Now, if anybody's wondering what Death Stranding is, Death Stranding is his latest project uh, done he, when he left Konami. He set up his own studio and he's made Death Stranding. And there was a lengthy trailer, tra- trailer? trailer at the Game Awards. Go watch it. It's weird. Very weird. <laughs> it's so odd. Uh, Norman Reedus is in it. Um, Mad Mickelson is also in it. It's directed by um, is it Odero Toro. Is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, that's it. Guillermo del Toro. Now, if people don't know, these guys were working on PT. Now, PT was supposed to be the next Silent Hill. Now, there are very rare PlayStation 4s out there that you can buy off eBay with PT installed uh, because it was on the PlayStation Store and then it was taken off. Uh, for whatever reason, Konami. Um, but Death Stranding is shaping up to be one of the most confusing games that I'm look- I really am because it's it's Kojima's work, but it's also Kojima without any strings behind it. It's Kojima doing Kojima, and it's it's odd. Go watch the trailer and see if you can work out what is going on because I I've watched it four or five times. Yeah still confused yeah it's a weird looking game I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out though i probably won't pick it out pick it up right away i'm not a huge kojima fan just because not because i don't like his work but because i haven't dealt i haven't really experienced his work i did get, mm. i did pick up metal gear solid 5 for free because i have ps plus and i'm yep. sure i'll get around to playing that someday but you know it's just a free game um but you know i don't have any experience myself with kojima's work but uh i it's definitely a the the trailer is bananas it's really crazy looking yeah yeah it's like 10 minutes long but it, oh and i will say this if there's no in-game footage it's apparently all in, in engine but there's no uh in-game footage and i believe the guys the engine is from the guys who did horizon zero dawn the same company oh, um, cool so they there's a little bit of inside knowledge all right our final we each have one more Uno Mas. Um, I, I'm looking at a, a couple of them. I'm trying to pick between them, and uh, I'm going to let you go first. Um, my late, my my last one is what I'm going to have a lot of fun with, and I think that's going to be Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is a pirate simulator coming out for Windows and Xbox in March, March 20th. We got the release date at the Game Awards. I played some of this EGX. It's so much fun. I can't wait to, to, to be a pirate. I'm sorry. I don't care. I want to be a pirate. Everyone does. It's it's going to be so much fun, uh, especially if you've got friends playing it. Um, it's cross-play, uh, which is great. So um, that thing that Sony doesn't believe in. Um, um, and it's it's looking good. The idea is that you have a band of men and you go away and you pillage and you act like a pirate basically and it's gonna be and it's done by rare and rare in the year you know previous years have had you know had some really good games so i hope this is this is this is my prediction that i'm gonna have the most fun in i'd probably end up playing it and be really disappointed but i can hope so there you go see if these is my what i'm hoping is the game in 2018 i had the most fun with. all right so my hope you helped me narrow down my list my hope for this year is that darwin project will be released on the PS4. Um, maybe this... You know, I don't really care if it's released on the Switch. It's not really a game that I care to have portably or not. Uh, but Darwin Project, I absolutely 
want that. And this brings us right back to the beginning. Both of us, our very first games that we talked about for 2017's Game of the Year, we both picked Arena, um, Last Man Standing style games. Darwin Project is another Arena, Last Man Standing style game. The thing that makes it unique is the director. And as you're playing, they have like this robot that flies around and another player is controlling that robot and they are narrating like what you are doing to their audience. And they uh, like, they can affect the outcome. I was playing it with some friends and it was two of us were ganging up against this one other guy and the director swooped in and gave the other guy like, some boosts to make him more powerful so he could have a better fight against us. And it was absolutely awesome. Now, right now it's on PC and it's on Xbox. Now I don't have an Xbox. I have a PC and I could play it just fine on PC, but I can't stream it on PC because it just, it, I, my computer can't do both at the same time. So my hope is that it comes to PS4 so that I can play it and stream it at the same time. That game is so fun. And the 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 main difference or another big difference between that and the other arenas arena uh, last man standing games is this is only 10 players rather than 100 and so you would think that that would be less but no it just really condenses everything and it makes the matches happen much much faster um i had a lot of fun playing and i am looking forward to playing more of it when it comes out uh next year cool all right. Well, that is it. That's the end of the year for us. Zap, thanks so much for joining me on this um, this episode. Uh, where is it real quick that people can find you again? Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash zapdseed. That's Z-A-P-P-D-C-E-D. Uh, it's the same for YouTube and Twitter. Uh, follow me on social media to find out. When I go live on Twitch, I mainly stream on Twitch. I'm a, a pretty much a variety streamer over there. Um, and we do crazy stuff. So, yeah, if you want to come and check me out, come and check me out. I'm over there somewhere. All right. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll 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 talk to you all next year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audio books and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show. 